How many sports fans in the place? Sports fans? This is like the greatest, like, little time of the year. Every sport is happening. Is this not awesome? You realize that every, basketball's going, hockey's going, football's going, baseball's still going, even though it's the Astros, it'll be all right, okay. It'll be, it'll be okay. A uh, little interesting thing, and this will mean more here in just a little bit, I was looking that uh, the Yankees scored 22 runs in seven games. The Astros scored 20 runs in seven games. But that didn't matter, did it? Because what matters in, in, in something like that? It doesn't matter how many runs you score over a period of seven games. It matters how many runs you score nine innings at a time. And whoever wins the game is, is what actually matters. Isn't it funny how we always look at statistics? I mean, statistics are fun. I can say the word statistics, Jana. It's statistics... <laughs> are fun and it's it's really interesting to kind of track some of these things and it's it's interesting at times when you see certain games your favorite team or whatever and the statistics are crazy I remember I mean I love hockey and I was watching the Stars game the other night and they had taken 40 shots at goal and not scored a point I think the other team had taken like 15 and were up two to nothing you know it just drives you nuts because they're shooting and they're shooting they're doing all these things if you look at the statistics, it would seem like, wow, this is really good. But when you look at the actual score, you go, this isn't working out. And we all have a tendency to do that sometimes in our life. We, we kind of track this stat here and we track this stat there and we, we think that we're tracking. But wouldn't it be nice if we just got to the place in life where we said, all this other stuff that I'm tracking, all these other things that seem to drag me down or distract me or or make me worry. All these other things need to be quiet for a little bit, and I just need to focus on what matters. Wouldn't that be nice if we could just kind of tune out all the other things? As a matter of fact, I was, I've been overseas a few times, and some of the people overseas kind of laugh about how we take statistics way too far because they're like, it really doesn't matter how you're doing all through. It's the end of the game that matters. It's the end of the result of whatever it is that you're doing that's actually going to make the difference. And that's what I wanted to focus on today as we begin a new sermon series called Together. And you kind of see the point of what we're, we're talking about, uh, even in this video that showed right before. We just have a very strong belief that life is better together, period. Life's better together. Are relationships messy? Yes. Are there people in life that are going to be frustrating? Yes. Are, are we going to get along better with some people than we are with other people? Yes. I mean, it's going to be difficult at times, but bottom line, life is better together when you don't have to go it alone. I loved the illustration up here that life's going to keep piling on. There's going to be things that keep piling into your bucket, and if you're carrying that bucket by yourself, it's going to get tiring no matter how strong you think you are. But if you have other people sharing the load with you, you're going to be able to go a lot further. You're going to be able to endure a lot more things. When you're sharing the load and sharing the weight, that's what matters. You know, and we've also been kind of convinced, even in our culture, that, oh, we're supposed to be independent. We're supposed to be on our own. We're supposed to, you know, be a self-made man or a self-made woman. I've got to go out and do this on my own. Here's my theological response to that. You ready? That's my theological response to that. That's a big bunch of lies. God created us to be dependent on Him and interdependent on one another, and we are better together. Now, Jana and Christy were up here talking about Minneapolis, 
And I want to tell you something. We are going to be partnering with them. Our, our, our missions team is active in a lot of areas. Like I said, we have a lot of partnerships. But the truth is that there are people who have given a certain part of their life to reach out to people in the Minneapolis area that there's no way that they can accomplish what God has called them to do without you being involved in it. And that's what you need to just kind of let that sink in today. You're sitting here in a church in Weatherford, Texas, and there are people in Minneapolis, Minnesota that are not going to be able to do what they need to do unless you get involved. Think about that. That's how beautiful it is that God has created us to be together. And we're continuing in the book of Galatians. We're just picking up right where we left off, even though we've changed series, but we haven't changed the thoughts of, of where we are. And we're continuing with what Paul has written to them, but we're starting in chapter 5 today. And it says this, Paul's writing to the Galatians and he says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now I'm going to pause there for just a second and, and help you understand what, what it is that he's talking about. The entire book of Galatians up until this point, what Paul's been talking about to the church is they were struggling that people in the church and people around them were trying to put these rules and these regulations on them. Uh, they were trying to really push their religion more than their relationships. And it was distracting the people in the church in Galatians that, that they were trying to accomplish all these things and, and they'd become such rule followers that they had kind of forgotten that they were saved by the grace of God, <clears throat> that they were walking in faith with Him, and that the things that they were doing never earned them favor with God. And in truth, it's never going to distance them from God either. So what Paul is saying is something that's very uncomfortable. And I said this in, in passing last week, but I want to say this again. Freedom, freedom is a very uncomfortable thing. Now let's honestly think about that. Because freedom means that I'm free to do and say and think whatever I want to do and say and think. And that you are free to do and say and think whatever it is that you want to do and say and think. And the truth is we talk a lot about freedom, but if we really looked at our heart, there's so many times that we really don't want people to have freedom. What we really want is conformity. We really want people to look at things the way we look at things. We really want people to act the way that we act. We really want to have people perceive the world the same way that we perceive the world. So when Paul says, look, people are free to do what they want, and even in Christ there is freedom for people to pursue God however God has led them to pursue. Now, there are some limitations to that. There are some ungodly pursuits that can be there. He's not talking about that, but he's saying, look, there's freedom in Christ that doesn't come in following these man-made rules. It comes in a pursuit of a relationship with Christ. That gets scary. It gets scary because we can't control that. It gets scary because, well, what if they do something that makes me uncomfortable? Oh, no. So Paul is saying these things really clearly that it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. He goes on verse 2. Mark my words. <clears throat> I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he's obligated to obey the whole law. Now this was 
what distinguished the Jews from the Gentiles. And the people were coming in and saying, if you really want to follow Christ, if you really want to be Jews, you need to follow through with our rituals. You need to follow through with the circumcision. You need to do this. And Paul's saying, look, if you do that, you're following a path of the law that cannot fulfill your life, and you're going to be of no value to God. He goes on to say, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You've fallen away from grace, for through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. Now, here's the deal. Underline this, highlight this. This is where we're going to spend our time today. I'm going to read some more verses, but this is the verse where we're going to spend our time. This phrase, look at this. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. doesn't matter what all the other statistics say. The game is won by faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Say that with me. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. We're going to come back to that. He says, you were running a good race. Who cut in front of you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. See, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, why am I still preaching circumcision? Why am I, if I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case of the cross has been, in that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, those troublemakers, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Isn't it good we had a children's sermon today? Y'all can explain that later at home. But this is what Paul's saying. You start following the law and you start going down this road that doesn't end unless you just follow it to the nth degree, which is impossible for anybody to do. He says you're trying to earn your earn your favor with God and it doesn't it doesn't happen this way he, he boils it down right in the middle of this passage when he says look the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love so that's where I want to focus on today the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love so let's just look at the obvious points of this the first thing he talks about is faith the only thing that counts is faith okay you, you take this idea of faith, and sometimes we go, what is it? We talk in the church about we, we put our faith in Christ Jesus. You know, you're, you're sitting on a, a pew right now, the good old illustration. You have your faith of the weight of your body is sitting on this pew. You have faith in that pew, all right? After lunch, I don't have a whole lot of faith sometimes in, in some of the chairs. I said, we have faith. That means we, we put ourselves into something. We don't even think about it. We say, this is where I am. I am trusting in. This is where I'm going. I'm saying this is the object of my faith. I'm just going to make this real simple today. I, I truly believe this. The longer I live, I don't think things get more complicated. I actually think it gets more simple. For every one of us in this world, I really believe that we have one of two choices with our faith. We put our faith in God or we put our faith in ourselves. That's it. You can package it a whole lot of different ways. But you're either going to place your faith and your trust in God, or you're going to place your faith and your trust in yourself. Meaning that you're going to reach a point where you say, I believe that God's way of doing things is best. I believe that if I put my faith in Christ, and if I actually do the things 
that he's called me to do, that my life will be better because of it. And if I will follow Christ and not myself, then my life will actually end up more fulfilling, more exciting, better off than it could ever be than if I did it by myself. But here's the truth that we all struggle with. Is that oftentimes we like to take pieces of God and we like to place them in our life. And then when God says, okay, well, here's, here's the next step. Here's the next thing. Here's the next place that we want to go. We kind of go, oh, I've got enough, God. I've got enough of this. But the truth is we either put our entire faith in God or we put it in ourselves. And, and a lot of times what Christianity looks like, especially in our culture and in our time, is we have this faith that we profess to be in God. And in certain areas and in certain ways we live that way, but then in certain areas and other ways we don't. Well, God, you're good over in these things in my life, but you're not as good over in these things in my life. And we have this schizophrenic faith that says, I trust in God for the things that I believe that I should trust in God with. And then I I trust in myself for the things that I believe that I should do on my own. Now, let me just ask you this question. Is your faith really in God if you live that way? No, because you're still calling the shots. If you're calling the shots telling God when he can be involved and when he's not, you don't have faith in God. And what Paul kept saying to the Galatians is the whole way that you were saved, the whole way that you understand about this, it came through faith. It didn't come through your works. It didn't come through your actions. It didn't come through doing things a certain way. It came by you just accepted on faith the message of Jesus Christ, and that's how you were saved. If you keep piling on all these other things, it's not going to work out. So faith, simply put, is just saying, You have a choice. You're going to either put your faith in Christ or you're going to put your faith in yourself. If you put your faith in Christ, then let me just encourage you and challenge you to continue to take steps forward in that. Don't settle for good enough. Don't what you realize that a lot of times when people put their faith in Christ, they're just kind of wanting to fix a problem or they're just kind of wanting things to settle down. But if you look at the people who truly follow Christ in Scripture, or if you go on a mission trip and you walk around with people who are fully putting their faith in Christ, you realize, but boy, there's, there's a continuing relationship here that if I continue to put my faith in Christ, then He will continue to lead me to greater things. When you sit there and you look at a person who has five children but adopted two more, and they just say, hey, we're, God's going to figure this out, you just kind of go... You know, there are a couple things we learn is kind of funny. To be a church planner, you have to have seven children in plaid shirts. That's what we learned this week. But it was amazing, though, to see that, what, that these people just lived. And have you ever, you ever come across people like this? These people just lived a faith that looked a little bit different than mine. And I'm not saying we should all be church planners. That's not it at all. I didn't feel convicted that I'm not good and they're great. I just went, you know what? There's an element of faith that I could learn from that person. There's a next step there that I could be a part of, and I could partner together with this person. And here's what I realized, and and this isn't an arrogant statement on my part, but this is actually what I realized, is that they have some things that would make me a better person, and I have some things that would make them a better person. And I realized this week that if we do this together, we're going to be a lot better off. And that's this whole idea of together, is that if we share our faith and live it out, we're going to help each other get along. Now he goes on, he says, the only thing that counts is faith, expressing itself through love so the first thing we see there is faith second thing is expressing itself (laughs) 
expressing it. What do you mean, faith expressing itself? Well, have you ever been around someone who says, oh yeah, I have faith in Christ, but you see no expression of this faith in Christ anywhere in their life? I'm sorry, did I just pick on y'all? Am I bad? Y'all all got quiet there for just a minute. You ever been around people who say, I have faith in Christ, but you look at their life and there is absolutely no expression of faith in Christ outside of them going, yeah, you know, me and Jesus, we're good. But there's actually no expression of faith. What does this mean to actually express our faith? You know, James says it in James chapter 2 very, very clearly when he, he says it this way. He says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save them? What James is saying is very simply this. If you have a faith in God, it's naturally going to lead to you expressing that faith, to living it out. You see, the Galatians had it backwards. They were saying, I've got to find these things that I have to do to prove that I have a faith in God, to show everybody else around me that look how good of a Christian I am because of all the things that I'm doing. No. What he's saying is that if you have faith, a true faith in God, <clears throat> there's going to be a natural expression of this in your life. It's going to come out naturally. It's going to be seen by people in different ways. Faith expressing itself in love. You see, we often express ourselves as a response to outside things. Is anybody else as ready as I am for it to get cold? I've got all these jackets lined up and long sleeve shirts, and I'm like, come on, Lord, let the cold stay. Are you ready? I'm just ready for it to get cold. And man, as soon as it does, my natural response is going to be, yay, I get to wear this, I get to do this, I get to be outside more, I get to, you get to do things. Because we respond naturally to outside stimulus, to things that are happening around us. This is exactly what this is saying. Faith expressing itself through love. Expression of our faith is a natural response when we have a true and genuine walk with Christ. Meaning this, it's going to come out everywhere. We don't compartmentalize it. We don't say, I have a faith in God. I go to church on Sunday. Don't you see that? Yeah, but where is it the rest of the week? Where does it come out at the job? Where does it come out in family? Where does it matter in your finances? Where does it matter in your relationships with others? How does it affect the way that you view the life and the things that are going on around you? Where does that come out in the way that you interpret and view the world? Where does your faith actually express itself outside of a limited amount of things? And I'm challenged by this all the time, guys. I'm challenged by this, and so I want to challenge you with this. When Paul says the only thing that counts... Is faith expressing itself in love? What happens to me is I go, okay, I need to pay attention to this. Here's the wonderful truth about this. What he's saying, maybe if you look at it from a different way, is saying all this other stuff that you've maybe done and been through or maybe messed up or, or gone through, it doesn't matter as long as you get this right. Faith expressing itself through love. Doesn't matter if you didn't get it right yesterday, you can get it right today. Doesn't matter if you haven't done it right for a year, you can do it right today. Doesn't matter what the history has been, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Doesn't matter if it's the fourth quarter and we've got a few minutes left and it looks like we're down. Doesn't matter. If we do these things, we can still win the game. We can still get this stuff going. But we've got to express it. Expressing our faith requires intention and action. <laughs> we don't go... Hope I express my faith today. 
See how awkward this all is? Y'all are all looking at me like I'm really weird right now, and that's okay. But, but this doesn't do anything. And this is kind of what we do with our... I hope my, hope my faith does something good today. It's not going to happen. We actually have to get up and do something. And that requires intention. It requires action on our part. You ever learn something new? You ever learn a new trick, a new trade, a, a new math problem or, or whatever? It requires effort. And, and when you start putting that effort in it, sometimes it's awkward at first until it becomes second nature. And it's the same thing is true with faith expressing itself. When we learn how to express our faith, sometimes, I'll just be real honest with you, sometimes it doesn't feel genuine. Sometimes we feel like, I know I'm supposed to do these things, but it doesn't feel right. But when you learn how to do it, it begins to express itself and, and, and it begins to feel natural as part of who you are. So first you have this determination, am I going to follow God's way or my way? And if you say, I'm going to follow God's way, and you put your faith in Him, then it's going to lead to this natural expression, meaning that people are going to see something. There's going to be difference in our actions. There's going to be difference in our attitude. It's, it's actually going to come across to other people in a different way. And he says this last thing, faith expressing itself in love. Now, in love means very simply that we are not the object of faith expressing itself. The point of faith expressing itself is not for us to feel better about ourselves. It's because we have a true and a genuine love for God that leads us to have a true and genuine love for others. And when that begins to happen, then we begin to see people coming together. We begin to see this dependence on God and this interdependence with one another flesh itself out in a pretty incredible way. Where people begin to feel loved and accepted in a place where they belong. And, and everything else, listen to this, what do you say? The only thing that matters is faith, expression itself, and love. So meaning where that happens, what it looks like when that happens, how that happens, it's all secondary to the fact that it happens. That's it. It needs to happen. And when it happens in love, people are attracted and will do ridiculous things to be around people that they feel loved by, won't they? They will do absolutely goofy, goofy things just to be around people where they feel loved and accepted and wanted. You've done it. I've done it. And this is exactly what Paul is saying. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that we're expressing our faith in love. Now, those are the obvious things about this passage when he says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. But I want to talk to you about one thing that's really kind of unspoken in this passage, but it's very, very necessary. It's others. <laughs> you see, a lot of times we read our Bible, and I'm guilty of this. We read our Bible or we live our life thinking, I've got to be a better Christian, and, and I've got to grow in my faith, and, and I've got to, and I've got to, and I've got to, and we spend our lives focusing on I've got to, as, a poke, as opposed to focusing on what can I do for others. You realize when you read the words, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love, it's impossible to do that without someone else. Just let that sink in. It's impossible to do the only thing that matters without having interaction with other people in your life. Faith expressing itself through love is going to look like what? It's going to look like me expressing my faith through love and it's going to impact others if nobody else is around then I cannot live out this verse if I haven't intentionally found a way where I'm trying to connect with people and come together I cannot live out this verse 
So that's why we're actually talking in this sermon series about the importance of saying you really need to find a group of people that you connect with, that you take the effort to, to get involved with. Now, we're so thrilled that you're visiting our church or that you're here and you're a member of our church, but here's the truth of it, is that coming and sitting in here, hopefully we're doing some things that are giving our attention and our focus to God that we can't do on our own. That's the reason we come together for worship, and I'm so thankful for the way that we're led in worship by our howl and our choir and our instrumentalists, and I'm thankful for you know, the videos and the things that we do, and hopefully the messages are something that's inspiring and challenging to you as well. And that's there for a purpose. And that is an element of our faith that helps us worship God. It helps us put our focus on Him. And hopefully it's something that is kind of a recharge for you. But the truth is, when you come down to the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love, i got to tell you something. You really need to find a group of people to do that with. You really need to get connected with others that, that you can talk face-to-face -face with, that can carry your burden, that can hold the other side of the stick on that bucket as life continues to pile in there. And, and, and as encouraging maybe as church is at times, it, it's, it's honestly, it's not enough because God created us to be interdependent with one another. You remember what I said earlier? One of the things that I realized in Minneapolis this week is that I can make them better and they can make me better. You realize that happens in a small group? You realize that happens in a Sunday school class and groups of people when we get involved and we can sit face to face. And when you can look at people and go, I don't understand what this means. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, you know, I struggle with this. Or how do I live this out? Or, or what goes on here? You know, that's the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And if that's the only thing that counts, then don't we want to get better at that? Well, where else... Can you find a safe place to get better at faith expressing itself through love than surrounding yourself with a bunch of other people who are trying to figure out what it means to express their faith in love and come together to talk about how we did this well or maybe how we fell short? That's why we think it's so important for you to get plugged into a group. And look, if you don't find a group that you can connect in, I'll even challenge you this. Start one. Because I, please hear me on this, and this is coming from the pastor. What you study or what your lesson is, is secondary because the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. So many people worry about, well, if we get together and do this, what are we going to study? What are we going to do? I don't care. Get together and talk about, I didn't understand anything Lindell said today. Can somebody please explain? I don't, whatever. Pick a, pick a book of the Bible and just start reading through it. Find a thing, but just come together and say, you know what, we're going to come together as a group and we're going to learn what it means for faith to express itself through love. We want to live this stuff out. That would be encouraging. That would be challenging. Don't get so distracted by all the other statistics that you miss the final score. You see what I'm saying? Don't get so distracted by all the other things. Please, find a place to be connected. Find some people to help carry the bucket with you. We're not a perfect church. It starts at the top. It goes down from there. We're not going to get it right all the time with these things. But man, if, if we can get a few things right, I would love to. And the thing that I would love to get right, if you follow the vision of our church, if you've seen it anywhere, what we say is First Baptist Church will be a place where people discover that they're fully known and fully loved by God. That's what we want to be. We want to be a place where people can discover that they're fully known and fully loved by God. And the only way that you can do that is when you get connected with other people. That's it. That's it. 
Because that's how you begin to discover that. Not that they're perfect and you're perfect and everything else, but that we begin to live this out. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus even uses these words. He says this, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. That verse scares me. And it's okay that there's some things in the Bible that you look at and say, that scares me. But when Jesus says, look, I just want to make this real simple. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I'll acknowledge before God. But for people who don't acknowledge me before men, I'm not going to acknowledge them before God. That scares me. It makes me want to say, I need to learn how to acknowledge my faith. I need to learn how to live this out. And I can guarantee you that there's no way that I could even be standing here today had I not been in groups of people who have challenged me, encouraged me, motivated me, corrected me, led me, walked with me through high times in life and through low times in life. And I want that for everybody else because I want you to discover that you are fully known and fully loved by God. And you can do that in a group. So I know you're thinking, okay, we get to the end of this. and you're. I have no plan today to have a big group sign up or anything like that. Honestly, this is how much I plan ahead. If you want to be in a group, come talk to me. We'll find you one after church, okay? If you're not in one, come to mine until we figure out where you can go. I, 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 don't, I just don't want people to be going through life alone. That's my heart. I just don't want you to think that you're in this by yourself. We have people who are willing to hold that bucket with you and walk through this life together. They're not perfect people, but they're people who love God and who desire to express their faith in love to you.